Hello, and welcome to the Indie Author Method Podcast, where we talk with independent authors about their process and how they can help you on your writing journey. I am your host, best-selling and award-winning author, Andrew J. Brandt. Before we get into it, this episode of the Indie Author Method is brought to you by Bookshop.org. Bookshop.org is an online bookstore with a mission to financially support local, independent bookstores. We believe that bookstores are essential to a healthy culture. They are where authors can connect with readers, where we discover new writers in which children get hooked on the thrill of reading that can last a lifetime. They're also anchors for our downtowns and communities. As there are more and more people buying their books online, Bookshop.org wanted to create an easy, convenient way for you to get your books and support bookstores at the same time. You see, Bookshop.org has given away over $18 million and 75% of their profit margin to stores, publications, authors like myself, and others who make up a thriving, inspirational culture around books. I know for me personally, I haven't bought an actual book from the big store, you know what I'm talking about, in a very long time. For me, it's important that we cultivate and support our local independent bookstores. Whenever I'm shopping for books online, I always go to bookshop.org, and you can too, and support this podcast by shopping at bookshop.org slash shop slash writer brand. That's me, bookshop.org slash shop slash writer brand. This episode is also brought to you by The Subtle Nerd. The Subtle Nerd was born from fashion-forward comfort needs with a fun sneaky twist on the geek and nerd culture. I have quite a few t-shirts from The Subtle Nerd, and my favorite is honestly the Three Broomsticks t-shirt. Whether I'm in a pair of Bird Dogs gym shorts and taking a jog around my neighborhood, or I pair it with a pair of jeans and sneakers, hit up one of my favorite breweries, the shirt looks great on me. It fits comfortably, it feels great, plus it's got that little subtle hint of nerddom, and I love it. So whether you get the Three Broomsticks shirt or even the official Mixtape for the End of the World t-shirt that I collabed with the Subtle Nerd on, check them out, check out their apparel, and get 10% off your next order by using promo code INDIE at thesubtlenerd.com. That's promo code INDIE at thesubtlenerd.com. Now, let's get on to the interview. Today, I'm joined by author Jeremy Rhine, who's not only an, attor- an attorney in the Orange County area, but also put out one of the funniest books I read last year. It's called His Name is Quiz. It's part memoir, part ridiculousness, and just full hilarity. Today, Jeremy and I will discuss culling his adolescent and early adulthood for humor and what's up next. Jeremy, how are you? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to hop on with me. Uh, as I said in the intro, man, uh, His Name is Quiz is probably the funniest book I've picked up not only last year, but like in a long time. I'm so glad to hear it. It was fun to write. Not to sound like a stalker or anything, but I followed you for a long time. I think you were one of the first uh, writer kind of guys that I I followed on Instagram, and and got to like have this front uh, you know front court half court seat experience uh, watching you write this book, man. <laughs> so you were the you were the guy who was stalking me. Okay, that, now I know. yeah, that was me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it was, yeah, I was kind of, um, I guess I was putting it all on uh, social media as I went through the process. And it was my first, you know, publication experience. So it was, it was really fun. Let me ask this. How long have you been writing? And when was it that you decided that this book, this, this 
series of stories from from your early adulthood, I guess you could say, was the right one to to put out there? Well, I, I became a lawyer in 2001. So I've been practicing law about 21 years. And I think at that time, I, it was sort of maybe a thought in the back of my head that one day I might write. Um, but, you know, when you're a you're a litigator and you're trying cases and you're billing hours at a big firm like I was, it kind of takes over, you know. So it's very difficult to carve out time to write. But I still was there were thoughts in my head about, you know, I'd, I have an experience with a case and I think, oh, that would be a cool story. You know, I remember I was a first year lawyer and I was thinking of stories. And the other thing that was happening was, you know, legal writing, which I was doing on a daily basis. I was writing every day, but it was legal writing, which is very formulaic and kind oh, yeah. of boring. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very, you know, there's a standard, there's a structure that courts expect and you, everyone falls into that structure. And so what I find myself doing is starting to write creatively just as an outlet, just as a way to like not do that anymore, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, maybe, gosh, probably three, four years into being a lawyer, um, I started to just write little things and it was just little thoughts I had. And then eventually I had this sort of transitional period in my life, kind of a crisis really, where I was going through a divorce. I was um, also having this sort of crisis of faith, <laughs> my religious faith. Yeah. And, and I was changing jobs. This was a, this was a rough period. <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah, the trifecta there, man. Yeah, exactly. It was a stressful period. <laughs> I really, at that point in my life, I threw myself into this book idea I got and I powered through and because I was changing jobs, I also didn't care so much about my billable hours. So I was writing like crazy and I wrote this book about my loss of faith and I told it through travel stories, through like trips I'd taken overseas at four different times in my life. And I kind of told the story of coming to faith and then losing my faith uh, through these travel law. It was a travelogue memoir, so not exactly a saleable idea, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it felt it, it was good for me. You know, it was, it was cathartic and and it was my first experience writing a book. And I think when I finished that, I thought, OK, you know, I found myself really enjoying the process and thinking I could do this, you know. Um, meanwhile, still being a lawyer, but, you know, I found that when I was doing creative writing and writing down stories from my life, I was, you, you get in that flow state, you know, oh, yeah. where you lose, you lose track of time and you just, all of a sudden you're just thinking, oh my God, I'm, I'm like lost in this. And that feeling, I just wanted to get that feeling more and more. So to answer your question about his name is quiz, um, you know, I didn't have any success marketing that book. Um, I tried to get agents and it just, you know, I'd get some feedback and I, I got some interest and people seemed to like, like it, but they just thought there's no market for this. Um, you know, it was sort of the, it was like an eat, pray, love type book, but it was the opposite because it was about losing faith. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, so, you know, and I was, you know, it's not exactly a great market for that, but I, um, anyway, I just struggled with it and I eventually self-published it 
under a pseudonym because it was so personal. There were so many personal things in it. And I tried to come up with a cover for it. And I tried to do all the things that you do as a self-published author. And it, and I just felt like I didn't get what I wanted out of it. Um, still got it, still sitting on the, on the computer. But when uh, his name is Quiz Idea came around a few years back, um, the, the bottom line sort of quick, dirty version of that is that I got this buddy named Quiz. We've been friends since we were in high school. It's over 30 years. And <clears throat> he's just one of these crazy guys. And we were best friends doing everything together, doing a lot of crazy things together, traveling together overseas and, and just making asses of himself, ourselves wherever we went, basically. And he, for years, was saying, God, we got to write these stories down or we got to record these stories. We're going to forget <laughs> all the stuff we did. And he's also a guy who's kind of well off because he's been so successful in business. He's the kind of guy there's nothing you can get him. You know, you can't, when his birthday comes around, there was nothing I could buy him. And so it just hit me one day, like, you know what? I could do one thing for him. I could write his stories down and give him a book of his stories. And that's, that's how it came to me one day. And so I just started writing after work, I'd go to Starbucks and just sit in there and write our stories and <laughs> didn't tell them for about a year. I just was writing these things down and trying to organize them. And eventually, you know, I told them and the out popped the book and there you have it. <laughs> so. Like I said, I'm, I'm a big fan of the book. I think it's hilarious. It, uh, the only thing, the only way I could describe it was like a, a grown up jackass. You know, it's not like, I mean, I'm not there shoving black cats up each other's rear ends or anything but it's <laughs> it's just it's so much fun like reading these stories especially when you guys were you know like you said in high school and and just reminiscing like me and my own buddies and the things that we would do uh you know early you know 17 18 years old up to you know 20 22 yeah i think it's what i hear a lot from people is it uh, the book kind of brings everyone back to those days when they were young, when they were doing crazy things. And, you know, everybody in, in college, especially if you're like I was, where you're in community college for, I took four years of community college. And then I finally got serious and powered through my bachelor's and then went to law school. But um, we were just, it seemed like we had nothing to do all day, every day. All we had to do is just go out and screw around and find things to <laughs> basically just to screw around with people like you know, yeah go sit on the corner and make signs that say we'll work for ice cream and see if anybody gives us ice cream <laughs> you know? and we would just spend a whole day sitting on the corner with these signs it was just like because we had nothing better to do we did that for yeah. years, you know yeah we uh there's a lot of campus golf when i was in college um, yeah. a lot like you you know, it's a, it's a four-year degree, but I buckled down really hard, and, and I was able to get it done in six. <laughs> right. Yeah, similar experience, yeah. You know, um, and you're an attorney, so I have to tell you, my, my own foray into law was when I was a sophomore in college. I started out as a, as a voice major. I wanted to be a choir teacher. Right. Um, so I, I got a music scholarship. I went to a small Texas uh, university. And somewhere, for some reason, my sophomore year, I decided that I no longer wanted to be a choir teacher. I no longer wanted to teach music. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to law school. Mm. And I 
found the pre-law program, the uh, professor who ran that program, uh, talked to him, and he enrolled me in 15 hours of pre-law that spring semester. And <laughs> I took those 15 hours of law, and I failed every single class. Oh, no. <laughs> At the end of the semester, uh, and it was bad, too. Like uh, After that, I was on like uh, academic probation and oh, uh, you had to fill out all this paperwork to get my grants and scholarships back and all this stuff. But I remember uh, the, the professor uh, who was my advisor then in the pre-law program said, well, Mr. Brandt, maybe, uh, maybe law is not for you. And I just remember looking at him and saying, no shit. <laughs> you know, as part of life is just figuring out what you do not want to do. Right. Um, That's right. Yeah. So that was good. But for me, it was, totally different. I had no inkling of being a lawyer at all. I had, I was getting a philosophy degree. I wanted to be a philosophy professor and started a master's in philosophy after, um, after I got my bachelor's and I was, it was sort of a philosophy of religion focus. And I was talking with my professor after my first year and I was like, okay, so let's say I get my doctorate in philosophy, then what do I do and where do I go? And you know, what are my job prospects? And he basically told me, look, man, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you're going to have, you know, 80 grand in debt and you're going to make 30 grand a year if you're lucky as an adjunct professor in some school anywhere in the country that they'll take you. It's like philosophy is not exactly, you know, sought out. And it was that discussion that night that I went home and just went, huh, what about law school? And I took the LSAT like two weeks later and ended up, you know, going to law school, dropped out of my master's in philosophy. And it That's hilarious. ended up being a good fit for me. Um, cause my mind sort of works that way anyway, but, um, yeah, I, I just didn't know I was heading that direction at all. You know, most of the time we think about, at least for me, I think about attorneys who are also writers and the first name that pops to mind is Grisham, right. you know? Um, but you write a completely different genre and style than, than that, I mean, you're not a, uh, a a law legal thriller kind of guy, right? Um, what is it about like culling your own experiences uh, in your life to tell stories? Um, you know, what's the what's the drive there for you? Yeah, you know, I, it's an interesting question. I I I don't know the answer other than I've tried to write other things and I have a difficult time with it. I I've had I get novel ideas all the time. And I start on it. It just doesn't feel right to me. And I, I don't know why, but I'm drawn to memoir. Whenever I sit down, I want to go first person. I guess I could do a novel in the first person or I could novelize a memoir. But um, there's something about me just exposing myself a little bit and saying, here's what happened to me and here's what I think about it. It just feels right to me. I'm not, I'm not sure why that is. Um, but the, it's just what I gravitate to. And I, like I said, I've tried to write different things and I end, I always end up back in memoir. So I wrote the, I told you, I wrote the, the one about loss of faith years and years ago. And then I wrote this one, which is, you know, I'm involved obviously, but it's about quiz. It's not so much about me, but, um, and now, now I'm 50,000 words into a kind of a memoir about being a lawyer and it, you know, <laughs> but I, like I said, I've got some probably 
three or four novels that I started, you know, that are just sitting there. Um, that I can't bring myself to go back to. Is humor a big drive for you or is it, is that, was that just secondary to the story you're trying to tell with his name is quiz? Yeah, I think just like I'm gravitate towards memoir, I gravitate toward humor. I, I look at life comically. I, I just think life is insanely stupid in so many ways. That's just the way I see the world. I, I just think it's so, there's just sort of a, a painful awkwardness about life and a hypocrisy about life that just is, it's infused in everything. I just see it that way. And, and so that's my perspective. So when I'm writing, it just comes out. Yeah. And my, my dad was one of these, I think I got it from him. He was, he was this just known as a jokester and he, he just was famous for telling jokes. And it was like, every time I saw him without fail or talked to him on the phone, he would tell me a new joke. And it was like my whole life, he was just trying to make me laugh. And I think in some way that, that, it had to, right? It obviously influenced me to just look at the world in sort of a funny way. And, and, um, yeah, I think humor is just, it just kind of comes out of me when I write. I think it's how a lot of us as men deal with the problems in our lives is with humor. Yeah. You know, we find the, the funny in it and it's not so bad then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, I, I've been, uh, one of the things I do as a lawyer is I go to settlement conferences and mediations, you know, where you try to settle cases. And uh, my partner and I, we have been told so many times by this, by a judge or a mediator that how surprised they are, how much fun we're having and how much laughter we're, we're having in our room. <laughs> and they'll tell us, they're like, man, I don't want to be in the other room. Your, your room is a lot more fun <laughs> because my partner and I, we, we try to approach even our, you know, very serious cases with serious problems. But man, if you can infuse some humor into things, it makes everything go down easier, you know? Now I'm interested in this, this attorney memoir then. (laughs) Now I imagine it's uh, like Owen Wilson uh, and Vince Vaughn out of Wedding Crashers. Oh man, you know, know, can I just, as an aside, somebody stole my, my identity for that movie. Cause just think about, (laughs) think about this. Go back in your mind to what is Vince Vaughn's character's name in that movie? Do you remember? His name is Jeremy, and his last name is Ryan. Oh, wow. R-Y-A-N, of course, different than mine, R-H-Y-N-E. But the guy's name is Jeremy Ryan. He's a lawyer, so am I, (laughs) and he makes balloon animals in the movie, and so do I. (laughs) (laughs) And. I even, we have a chapter in His Name is Quiz about making balloon animals. So I feel like somebody met me and was like, hey, I'm going to put this guy in this. When I saw the movie, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is crazy. So, so track down that writing team and say, all right, guys, where's (laughs) my, where's my residuals? Seriously. But no, I mean, I should have been crashing weddings. Instead, I was going to church when I was there. Are you are you comfortable talking about this this attorney memoir that you're fifty thousand words into? Yeah, yeah. Is it humorous, like his name is Quiz, or what are you doing there? Yeah, it is. It's it's. Um, I imagine that you 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 see some craziness <clears throat> in a in the yeah. daily life as an attorney. Yeah, I mean the stuff you. It, that's one of the cool things about being a litigator 
is, you know, what a litigator is, is basically someone who's involved in lawsuits. So if somebody sues somebody or um, gets sued, you're either the plaintiff or the defendant, you're representing one of the sides there. And so you just get into these wild cases. And if you're not a specialist, I'm not. So I'm involved in all kinds of different kinds of, you know, cases from, you know, real property and insurance to sometimes personal injury stuff to, I I just kind of do a little bit of everything. And so you find yourself meeting all kinds of people in all kinds of situations. Um, But this particular memoir, I just start from law school and what it was like to go to law school in San Francisco in 1998. I was there till 2001. So I talk about the people I met there and it was a real culture shock for me because I was a a pretty straight-laced religious dude from Orange County going into like the most liberal city in the world in San Francisco <laughs> and, and meeting all kinds of people. My eyes were just, I mean, the whole world was just like, oh, wait a minute, this is a different thing here. And um, so there's stories about that and, um, you know, different things I was involved in in school. You know, the, you, I was on a traveling debate team and that sort of thing. So I tell stories about the, those folks. And then I tell stories about my first law firm and the dynamics with the partners there and different cases I got involved in. And then second law firm I was in and then moving on to a, now I'm in kind of a real small firm. And so, okay. you know, I've been doing it 21, 22 years now. And so I've got some pretty good stories over the years of things that have happened. The tricky part is, is that, you know, as an attorney, I can't divulge any client confidences. So, so, you know, it's a little bit tricky telling some of the stories and some I can't tell. Um, So I'm trying to write it like, okay, let's make sure I don't divulge anything I shouldn't divulge, but I can still tell the stories. Um, So, you know, I'm wrestling with some of those issues. Um, I could novelize it, of course, um, but I already told you I'm not very good at that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, Ethan Hawke put out a book last year called A Bright Ray of Darkness. It's probably one of the best books I read all year. And it was it was a novelized version of his the aftermath of his uh, split up with Uma Thurman. Oh. And uh, but during the whole time, you're just thinking like, God, Ethan, you're such a, an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Thinly revealed novel, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you were talking about writing His Name is Quiz and then this book now and and how you're just kind of holed up in a Starbucks and, and writing these stories down. Uh, what what does your writing process look like? I mean, you just sit down with a word processor and go to town, or what do you do there? Yeah, with His Name is Quiz, um, I, you know, I've, I've heard your previous podcast, you asked if you're a pants or a plotter. I'm definitely a plotter. Um, and for that, uh, the quiz book was interesting because it was like, okay, how do I collect all these stories um, of my friend? and our relationship over the years. And what I, I just put them on index cards. Here's this story, this story, this story. And I put them all out on a table and tried to figure out how to organize them. And then I just started writing them. And usually the way I did it, I took a very modest approach because I knew if I tried to set a goal that was too big, you know, my work commitments would get in the way. So what I did is I just said, I'm going to write 15 minutes a day. And I'm going to write... Monday through Friday, 15 minutes a day. That's okay. that was that was what I decided I would do for that book. And usually what would happen is I'd I'd stop at Starbucks, I'd leave work, I'd stop at Starbucks on the way home, and I'd just set up 
get get a chai tea latte, sit at the table, and start writing. And inevitably, that 15-minute goal would end up being 30, 45 minutes or an hour. You know, it's just the way it goes. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's what I did for that book. I just tried to do that, you know, Monday through Friday. And some days it was 15 minutes. And some days I missed altogether or whatever. But the hardest part about writing that book was coming up with an arc, you know, because you know, I, I just felt like no one would want to read just a collection of stories that had no connection to one another. I needed to tell a story about this man's, you know, movement from the crazy kid, the, yeah, you know, to a to a responsible adult. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's so funny that you mentioned that because I was my my next comment or question was going to be that it it's not just a collection of haha funny stories i mean as you step back you realize i mean it's it almost reads like a coming of age story um and and you artfully did so uh, create a an arc you know coming from you know these teenage years up through college and into young adulthood Mm -hmm. uh i thought it was you said you know you're a plotter and it's definitely uh evident here yeah, thanks. I, I struggle with that. My wife was a big help. Um, she's she's like my she's my best editor. <laughs> yeah. She's she's a you know literature major, and she reads like seventy books a year. I mean, she's just an insane reader. And she made some really helpful comments, you know, when she saw the first draft. But you know, when I started looking at his life, I looked at three decades of his life and said, okay, well you know, how has he become who he is now? And, and what was the turning point? And, and after talking with him, we, we realized that, you know, when he was bitten by that snake, his life changed. Yeah. That's the turning point of the book where he, he almost died. He was in ICU <laughs> just because he thought it would be cool to pick up a rattlesnake and show off. And that's the kind of stupid shit he was doing. And this snake bit him and nearly killed him. And he was just, he had to change his life and he did. And it was, I was going to ask if that was like, if that was uh dramatized for effect or if that was, I mean, was he really like in ICU and on the verge of death there? No, that was real. Yeah. Oh man. No, there, everything in that book is a hundred percent true. <laughs> I mean, even the people's names, I didn't change anybody's names. <laughs> <laughs> everything you know well there were a couple people i think if i did um change their names i actually said it in the book but yeah it, it's all true he i got a call i was in new orleans on a on a work trip and my friends were like you know quiz is dying he's in the hospital <laughs> you know and I, I wasn't there but um no it, it was definitely a sketchy moment that you know we thought he was gonna he was gonna die because the the venom was creeping up his arm and you know, it almost got to his chest. That's insane. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Oh, man. Well, Jeremy, uh, what's, you know, I know you'd mentioned that, uh, that attorney memoir, you said you're about 50,000 words into it. Is that, is that what's next for you then? Yeah, I, I hesitate only because I'm, you know, I think like a lot of, um, a lot of authors, we just, we struggle between where to invest our time. And oh, yeah. um, I've got a bunch of different ideas, but I've got Neil Gaiman's voice in my head where he says, finish what you start. 
(laughs) (laughs) And so I'm, I'd been a little bit stuck on a couple parts of it. And so I kind of abandoned it and started doing other things. And, um, but I just keep, I know I got to go back to it and, and, and just finish it. Cause when I'm 50,000 words in, you know, yeah. get, to, get to your 70 or 80 and stop. Um, yeah. and, um, I know that's the, what Neil says, right. Is that the difference between a writer and a published author is published authors finish their, what they start. <laughs> so, uh, I'm trying to follow his advice. No, I feel that. I feel that I've got a couple of projects that have either been abandoned or I've talked about it before on this show. I've got this entire novel that I wrote in a, in a notebook, you know, I hand wrote it wow. and I thought that'd be a cool experience. But then going back and rereading it, I was like, man, this is not, uh, this is not as deep as I want it to be. And if I put this out, it'd be a disservice to this yeah. story. So it's what I call the desk novel, man. It sits there yeah. in, in, in my desk and yeah, I had I had a, you mentioned mentioned Grisham earlier. I had a couple cool legal thriller ideas and started them, and I even outlined one completely, like every scene. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I just I can't bring myself to write the dang thing. It just doesn't feel. Um, there's something about the legal thriller that doesn't feel that authentic to me, at least for me writing it. I, I just don't know. I, and I'm not a huge fan of that genre. I, I've read them and I just, I think I just can't get behind it because I'd rather, I'd rather be laughing than yeah. wondering, Oh, who took the documents? You know, <laughs> <laughs> let's, like, get the legal, <laughs> let's get the legal comedy going. Yeah. I would rather be, you know, sitting in a Starbucks laughing and giggling to myself like a crazy person than, than like chewing the end of my pencil, trying to figure out how to get my character out of a tight spot in the, you know, the trapped elevator or whatever. It just doesn't inspire me as much. I find it really interesting that you've, I mean, you've, you've dedicated to the, the plotting process. You know, for me, it was, um, uh, you know, I was listening to Stephen King talk about how he just sits down and starts writing his ideas and they come out in three or four months and, yeah. Oh yeah, I could do that. Hell yeah. If Stephen King can do it, you know, I can do it. And, uh, so, uh, through, through trial and error and process, you know, my, my entire writing style has changed to the point where I'm also, you know, sitting down and, and plotting out entire acts and chapters and beats before even sitting down for chapter one. So, um, yeah. has your writing process evolved more towards the plotting aspect or do you allow yourself to have more spontaneity? I think I, it may be because of my legal writing. I'm very much um, accustomed to plotting everything out. Usually if I'm writing a brief of some kind, it's all outlined, you know, before I start, I know what I'm going to say, right. I'm, my arguments are organized. And so I'm used to that sort of, writing. I've, I have noticed though that, um, I've had those moments where although the chapters organized in my head, I find myself veering off. Um, as I'm starting to write a story, I start to get carried away with a particular conversation or something. And I find that, Oh, I'm going a different direction now. So I have had that experience, but I think by and large, that's, that's a more of a rare thing for me. Um, and I think part of it's because I'm telling my own stories, um, true stories. 
So I don't have as much license to just, oh, I'll go this direction, you know. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I'll remember something. Um, and obviously I'm recreating conversations. So, um, you know, memories are notoriously unreliable. And I'm, I'm trying to recreate conversations from memory. And you'll find yourself embellishing these conversations or whatever. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm a plotter at heart. What is the one piece of advice you would give to an aspiring author or someone who's just starting out you know, you're, you're through your own trial and error? What's the biggest piece of advice you'd have? I, I probably already said it, that just finish what you start. But um, I think maybe put it, to put it another way, the, one of the most important things for me that I think has helped me is just to write down what I'm going to do before I do it. Um, I'm a big, big believer in checklists. And I sort of live my daily life by checklists. And so I will, before the week start, like on Sunday this week, I will write down everything I'm going to do for the following week from, you know, push-ups and running to how much time I'm going to write to whether I'm going to spend time in headspace or I'm going to do that brief for the job or whatever. Everything in my life from <clears throat> physical, mental, um, work-wise, writing, family stuff, it all goes on the calendar and I, I get immense satisfaction checking that box. <laughs> so maybe that's just me, but I think for a lot of people, there's a power to writing down whatever goal it is. So if you say, I'm going to write that book once and for all, and you put it down on your calendar that you're going to be at 10,000 words by the end of the month or whatever, um, it's just sitting there looking at you every day when you look at your calendar. And I think there's power in that. Um, and 20,000 words the month after that and so on and so on. So that would be my advice is write it down and, and just, you know, find yourself checking those boxes. And eventually you keep checking them. You're going to have a book at the end of it. That's fantastic. If any of our listeners want to buy or find his name is quiz, where can they get it? You can get his name is quiz. Uh, Amazon. It's on, it's on Barnes and Noble too. It's on bookshop. It's, um, but you can find it on my website too, jeremyryan.com. My last name is like, it's different. It's like nursery rhyme with an N. Um, and I've got, uh, if you like stand up paddling, <laughs> I've, I've got a blog about adventures and stand up paddling, um, at adventures and It's my other passion. Oh, fantastic. Jeremy, uh, thank you so much for the conversation today, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Andrew. Me too. And uh, hope to hear from you again soon. And you got to let me know when that next book comes out. <laughs> Will do for sure. All right. Thanks. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, man. And that's our show for the day. Thank you so much to Jeremy Ryan for coming on to talk about his stories and the wisdom he has to share with prospective and aspiring authors. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Indie Author Method podcast. Please give us five-star reviews, share the show with your friends, and if you're an indie author, I would love to hear from you. My email address is in the show notes, so feel free to send me a note. Also, be sure to check out this week's sponsors, bookshop.org and The Subtle Nerd. A link to the apparel store will be included in the show notes as well. Find the Indie Author Method podcast wherever you get your shows and keep writing. This is Andrew J. Brandt, signing off.